This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Bonjour, guten tag, good to have you. Great day here in NYC. Very much uh, excited to get to chill with you for a few hours. Oh me, oh my. Yesterday in on the EIB, always a good time. I uh, hope some of you got a chance to tune in. I hope you also enjoyed my main man, Michael Pelka, Stunt Brain, laying it down here on the Blaze Radio Network. So much of the uh, back and forth still going on with regard to Trump and Russia and hacking. Uh, the president received, I guess it was yesterday, his briefing. And today, uh, the president-elect Donald Trump is receiving a briefing uh, about what we, well, what the intelligence community has come to, I guess, believe, assess uh, what their official sense of what happened with this Russia hacking story really is. Uh, you're seeing a lot of people go on TV, and I, maybe I'll uh, pull a clip of, of Jim Woolsey. The thing is, the interviews are kind of lengthy and just run in circles, so they're not really great audio for radio purposes, unless we just want to sit here and listen to other people talk, which... As a radio host, that's like not something I generally get excited about. But Jim Woolsey, who's a former CIA director, is a nice guy. I've, I've actually had him uh, back in the days of the Buck Sexton TV show on The Blaze, known as Real News Investigates. That's a throwback for some of you. Uh, by the way, I had a belated birthday celebration last night with my family uh, and, uh, and Miss Molly here in New York City. And... My sister made the most amazing birthday card for me, uh, but she she <laughs> she tracked down one of the earlier Blaze photos, and uh, I I do sometimes get the sense that there was somebody in the I don't know what it would be the art department or the promo department at the Blaze who just like as a gag would pull the worst photo of me that they could from the photo shoots and like throw them in the mix because I would it's not like I approved them. They would just all of a sudden turn up, and, and Daisy, my little sister, found one and uh, made a very cute card. But I just look at it like, I cannot believe that some of the some of the stuff that uh, was pulled back in the day, this was not what you would call brand enhancing for Buck. Uh, but I digress. Uh, what was I talking about that for? I don't even know now. I got off on... Oh, yeah, well, oh, Real News Investigates, which I think is probably also still available online. I think you could probably find it somewhere. Um, we did a series of sort of investigative uh, investigative reports focused mostly on national security. And Jim Wolsey was, if memory serves, one of our guests. Nice guy, CIA director. I wasn't at the agency when he was there. He was there in the 90s, I think, under George. Was it H.W. or under Clinton? I can't remember now. But he was there in the 90s, uh, you know, back when 
Seinfeld and Friends were taking the world by storm, as were Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. And for some of you, Nirvana, although I've always felt that Nirvana was kind of overrated, I, I, and people yell at me for that. And I want to say, think about this. Think about this. By the way, I feel like more people have come over to my side of, uh, my side of the ledger with regard to Miss Mariah Carey and uh, her New Year's Eve performance. You know, how about it? How about like a in a, a gown? You know, why not go for a little a little elegance? I, I think I think Mariah's past the bodysuit stage in her career, the sheer see through body, whatever that thing was. Uh, I thought some of, some people were going to get mad at me for saying that on Rush, and now no, it's I am advocating for a graceful new phase of her career where it's just about the voice and the music, and a little bit less about you know shaking that what did we shake the money maker or. Is that from the song? It's not one of her songs. It's another song. All right. Woolsey. We're bouncing around. Oh, yeah. It's 888-900-3393 is the phone number, by the way. It's very hard when I go on Rush to not get the numbers wrong or to go 888-727-BECK. 800-282-2882. 888-900-3393. I mean, these things, I sort of twitch at night in my sleep and start saying these phone numbers. And I also always want to say Team Buck when I take over. But I think Rush listeners would be like, huh? So that doesn't work. Uh, but Woolsey got into an exchange with uh, Jim Shudo, who is a, a CNN reporter, uh, Re- Re- Regis fellow like me. He's sort of the chief national security correspondent. Um, can can sometimes be a little uh, a, a little unnecessarily. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prickly on Twitter, uh, but. It's, it's, a, it's a, not one of the ones over there that really. There's some over there that really bother me. He's not one of those that really bothers me. We 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 tend to uh, have a respectful uh, interaction, for the most part. Um, I'm always respectful, of course, because I'm super nice and polite. Uh, but he had this exchange with Woolsey, and I was sitting there, and I, again, I, I could play some of the audio for you, but it, you have to really hear the whole thing. And if you, I think, Mediaite and some of those sites that do. By the way, for those of you who don't know, if you ever want to see what the main this is sort of a fun little tip if you're a real news junkie. Sort of the main v- cable news video clip of the day. Uh, Mediaite.com is a good site to go to. And there's also the video, uh, the video, what do you call it, uh, vertical for real clear politics. That's another uh, good place to go. So if you just want to see what was the sort of snarkiest exchange on cable news, you could check out either of those sites and they tend to have them. But you had Woolsey and Shuto shooting the stuff about Russia hacking. And initially, Woolsey sort of starts off with a, look, we all know that everyone's everyone's so interested in this because of Russia hacking, right? Like, we, we get that. We all understand that this is about the uh, Russian, uh, I'm sorry, this is about the Russian government helping Trump and undermining, therefore, the Trump victory. And so he goes, he established the politics, but then we sort of get into the running in circles. And I just... I could tell Woolsey wasn't really wasn't really believing what he was saying, because what what happens here is the denial of the entire story is not really possible or is problematic. You've got to put it in context. But of course, the media loves the context game because that they can manipulate. So once they establish the basic fact of manipulation by the Russians of, um, well, that's not the basic fact, is it? See, I even started to fall into it myself. Once they establish that there's some Russian hacking, then they can transition into, well, we know that they did something to 
influence the election and we can just exaggerate the degree. Some of the Trump defenders are out there trying to prevent that first step of, well, we know the Russians did something, uh, did something from happening. And they have a tough time with that because now the intelligence communities come out and said pretty I mean, they always hedge, right? And there's actually a pretty good scene in the movie Zero Dark Thirty, which I think is a very good movie. Uh, some people had real problems with it, but I, I, I liked it. I mean, it's. Uh, but there's that scene where she says that, you know, certainty freaks you out, so I'll say I'm 99% certain. Uh, that's more or less where the intel community is right now on the Russia hack situation. And I'm going to get into some of the details of this in, in a moment, but uh, Woolsey former CIA director, who is a Trump transition national security advisor, has, uh, after the interview yesterday in CNN, he has stepped down. And I do not think that that is a coincidence. I think that he realized that there's a a push right now for people who are going to be speaking on behalf of the Trump team to just say that, well, we need more information and we're right. never, they're never really going to concede that first point that Russia did something. See, I say Russia did something, but it didn't matter, really. It didn't do very much, and it's exaggerated. This would be sort of equivalent to a Republican losing an election and finding out that there were five cases of voter fraud in a state that the Democrats won, and, or, you know, that the uh, Democrats were going to win anyway, and saying, well, what, there was voter fraud in this election. And, well, yes, that's true. And then say, well, since there was voter fraud, then it's illegitimate. See, that, that's, the similar, uh, that's a similar leap here. And people would say that the WikiLeaks revelations were uh, much more important than that, maybe, that they you know, dominated the news cycle for a period of time or whatever. But I, I think the reality of this is that it's very clear the Democrats want to push this story uh, much further than the facts will go. But they're making problems for the Trump team because the Trump team doesn't want to even they, they're not fighting on the degree of a Russian hack they're they're saying that they still just don't believe there is a hack and that's going to get harder and this is why I think one of the Woolsey probably just got sick of well you know standing around and having to uh, defend whatever the Trump administration or the uh, Trump transition team would say You've got Washington Post reporting. This is the, the breaking news for today on this or from really last uh, last night. So our first chance, our first bite at the apple here. Senior officials in the Russian government celebrated Donald Trump's victory over Hillary Clinton as a geopolitical win for Moscow, according to U.S. officials who said the American intelligence agencies intercepted communications in the aftermath of the election in which Russian officials congratulated themselves on the outcome. So now we're being told. This is a leak, by the way. This is a leak of what would almost certainly be classified intelligence from senior officials, which I'm thinking that's the CIA director himself or somebody at that level. I don't know who it is specifically, but it's somebody of that sort of stature in the community is going to the Washington Post to make the case. You'll notice they're making the case before uh, the Trump team can even respond officially to having been briefed on the information. Right, This came out last night. The timing is not coincidental. He's being sandbagged here. He's being intentionally set up. They're being set up. And I think what worked perhaps during the election, I wonder if it's going to continue to work now, which is just never give them an inch. I know that's the Trump team's response to a lot of this stuff, and I can understand why, because the other side is always playing this this game, this fake game of, oh, well, we're just trying to um, 
we're, we're being fair and even-handed. We're just looking for the truth. That's obviously not true. Uh, that's not what the media is doing here. They have a very clear agenda. That's why they're so invested in this. That's why you're hearing so much about hacking. But I don't know if the, the talking point you're hearing from some on the Trump side uh, or as sort of spokespersons for the Trump team that we don't know if the, we don't believe the intelligence and that Trump himself has said, you know, I don't believe it or, you know, it's not settled yet. That's going to be a harder position for them to hold. They really need to be fighting on the on the level, I think. But then again, I didn't defy all expectations and, and win an election against all the conventional wisdom. So and I understand that. But I think the better argument for them to be making is, OK, so, yeah, Russia, Russia hacks just like they've always been hacking things. And whether Russia is excited. I mean, I can tell you this. Think of all the terrible regimes all over the world. Do you think the Iranians wanted uh, wanted a Republican in the White House or Barack Obama? Pretty sure the Iranians were much more excited about a Barack Obama in the White House. You think the let's even take it a step further. If Ham, if Hamas got to pick our next president, would Hamas prefer Barack Obama or would Hamas prefer Donald Trump? Would Hamas prefer Hillary Clinton or you know you could play this game all day? And I think very clearly um, most of the countries around the world that are in opposition to us, most of the entities that are adversarial or just straight up enemies would rather have a Democrat because Democrats believe in consensus building and multilateralism and using the, you know, going to the U.N. first and repeatedly and always. And Republicans sometimes are like, no, we're just going to drop some bombs. I mean, this is the uh, generally speaking, this is the way that I think the rest of the world views our political parties. So Russia wanting Trump to win isn't really all that relevant uh, or, or, or isn't as meaningful as the Democrats want to believe that it is. Um, perhaps it's a reversal of what's standard practice, but there are plenty of countries that have a, an interest in the outcome of the U.S. election. And by the way, it has been pointed out that the State Department did fund a group that was specifically trying to get Netanyahu's opposition elected in Israel. So, I mean, let's not let's not this and that's overt and that's not using illegal means but we certainly do intervene and we certainly do speak out about uh, what we think should happen in other elections but i think after today you're going to see a shift in the conversation from did russia hack uh, because you've got top u.s intelligence official uh, this is also the washington post which is clearly the paper of choice for the leaks uh, from the intel community meant to undermine trump Top U.S. intelligence official, Russia meddled in election by hacking, spreading of propaganda. Um, so that's according to Clapper's testimony, DNI, Director of National Intelligence Clapper's testimony yesterday. So they're all saying that they are pretty sure about this. And you could have, well, I'll get into what Barack Obama's next steps could be. But I, I think we're at the point now where it's going to be harder. I mean, it, it would have to be a pretty massive conspiracy for everybody in the intelligence community to believe who has access to this, which is, you know, I don't know how many people that is, but to be lying to the American people, I would say this, if it weren't true, where's the leak from somebody who could just call up, you know, you name your national security reporter at Fox News or a number of other places and say, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so and, -so and uh, they're, they're covering stuff up here. There are enough patriots in the intel community that I have confidence that somebody would do that if this were all, a scam. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the sort of status mentality really has overcome these places in their entirety. All right, we'll be a little bit more on this, and then we'll get into some guests, and then we'll also 
we got some I got some funky fun stuff planned for later on in the show today. So we just gotta bring you up to speed on all the news and then we're just gonna freestyle Friday it. I'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Show. Reuters reporting that Trump wants to seek a probe of how the secret report that he was given managed to get to NBC News first. Well, probably some very senior politicians decided to pass along or some leaks from inside the intelligence community. Also of interest, you've got WikiLeaks. Uh, and, and this is uncomfortable. When the president, or president-elect of the United States and WikiLeaks are on the same page on stuff. It just automatically gives me a, a moment of pause here. But uh, you got WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks seems very upset that um, this is their tweet. The Obama administration, CIA, is illegally funding, uh, funneling um, top secret uh, information to NBC for political reasons before President-elect even gets to read it. So I guess, yeah, WikiLeaks here is opposed to a leak. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that an interesting turn of events? So we'll have to see um, where all of this goes. But I, I think that the position of Russia wasn't involved at all in hacking the DNC emails and stuff. I think that's going to become untenable even for the most ardent Trump uh, officials. I think. May, maybe I'm wrong. And I don't know. I, I think Trump also knows how to move on from this. Uh, but the, the media has just latched onto it. It is their absolutely favorite story right now, and they are going to be pushing this until the inauguration and beyond. So we will have to see. We will have to see where all of this is uh, is going. But for right now, I, I got to say, uh, not a not an easy situation to be uh, somebody standing up there and making the case about russia or making the case about how russia was not involved i have heard a lot of people that seem to believe and they've been speaking to me over the last week some of them are fellow media folks and others are just those who reach out to me online they believe the i don't know they believe some of the conspiracies out there some of the conspiracies some believe that uh what was his name seth rich i believe who was uh, gunned down in dc on the street and what seemed to be a botched robbery you know, he was the source. I'm still having people tell me this stuff, and I, I'm not one to look. The media was colluding with the Hillary Clinton campaign, and there was a lot of stuff that's gone on that has undermined our confidence in the in the media even more than it was before. Right? It's one thing to think; it's another thing to know. Now we know that the media was part of the Hillary apparatus. Um, and I am always among the first to tell you that much of the intelligence community leans left, uh, particularly the sort of academic analyst types. 
they are left-leaning. They uh, Many of them hated Bush when I worked for the CIA and were open about how much they hated Bush, even though he was kind of technically their boss. Uh, I just don't see how we get around all this, all the information right now, um, the sort of stonewalling about Russian and hacking. I, I don't know how this continues. Unless you really believe that Julian Assange, who had a show with Russia Today, which is funded by the Kremlin, this is a fact, who has FSB, Russian secret police protection at the Ecuadorian embassy in the UK, fact, and who was involved in the lies that uh, Snowden told in order to get asylum in Russia, and he was the sort of middleman on that, and who did a lot of stuff to damage U.S. national security in the past, not as a whistleblower, Assange versus the IC? I think we know what the answer should be. The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Sexton Show. All right, we're joined now by Matt Walsh. He is the author of the Matt Walsh blog. He also has the Matt Walsh podcast, which you can get on the Blaze Radio Network and also read his latest at theblaze.com slash Matt-Walsh. Matt, great to have you. How's your week been? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Happy New Year. Uh, let's just start. There's so much of this stuff going on with, with the Trump intelligence briefings and everything else. For you at this point, what's true, what's not? Where are you in all this stuff? I haven't had a chance to ask you about it yet. Uh, as far as which part of it? And whatever part of it strikes your fancy. you got intel briefings happening for the president. you got Trump saying that he's not in agreement with Assange. You've got him also saying that he wants the people to make up their minds. I don't know if you saw Woolsey no longer tied to the Trump team after a pretty rough interview on CNN uh, does the do the Trump folks have to yeah. just sort of say, okay, Russia did something? And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on all the stuff that's been breaking this? Sorry, I'm asking you kind of for a, a summary of the last few days, but what are your thoughts on what's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, no, no. And, and on top of all this, while uh, Trump is supposed to be getting these intelligence briefings, he uh, he's he's tweeting this morning about about the Apprentice, uh, you know, because, because that's where his priorities lay. So, so I, uh, I I didn't even see that, but wow, okay. <laughs> There yeah, we go. He, he tweeted. He, he tweeted this morning about uh, attacking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for doing a poor job taking over The Apprentice because they got they got poor ratings. So that that's where his priorities are. So the, the thing is with you know what what really concerns me, uh, as far as you know Russia's involvement and the the hacking and all that, I I don't you know I, I really don't know what to believe. Although I do believe that Russia obviously was involved, and and I do think it's at least at the very least strange and concerning that Trump is uh, so cozy with them. However, the, the biggest concern for me with, with Trump and all this stuff, with the intelligence briefings, is I, I want, you know, these are things that happen behind closed doors. Um, there's a lot of decisions that presidents make. I would assume the majority of decisions that presidents make, especially when it comes to foreign policy, that are uh, not public. And you just have to take it seriously and do it because it needs to be done. But my concern is, you know, will Trump take, is Trump capable of taking things seriously? especially when they're not in public and he's not going to get any credit for it. So I can't, it's like, what is that like when Trump sits down for an intelligence briefing? Does he actually sit there and listen? And, or, or is he too busy thinking about the next tweet he's going to send about The Apprentice? 
apprentice. That's that's my concern, and and I and I, I do think it's a legitimate one, and I guess we're going to find out. What, what do you make of the uh, of one of the reports that came out that uh, that it, depending on how one views this is either really important or some people are completely downplaying it, but it, it does seem a little weird that the DNC, which is not r- really a, people always think of it as a, as a government entity, but it, it's not like you know the DNC is not like the DOD. I mean the DNC is is its own thing, uh, but that they wouldn't let the FBI. Into or they they sort of uh, stymied. Uh, they weren't interested in letting the FBI get actual access to their servers when they initially thought they were hacked. Does does that does that smell funky to you, or is that making a lot out of not so much? Yeah, well, of course it's funky. I mean, if they really want to get to the bottom of what's going on, you'd think that they would be that they would say to the the FBI, yeah, come in here and and investigate and, and do what you have to do. Uh, and I think it's clear from you know from from the the emails that we saw. I don't think. There wasn't anything that was leaked, as far as I can remember or I'm aware, that revealed for sure actual criminal conduct. But there were a lot of things that indicated the possibility that things are going on behind the scenes that were maybe not, uh, you know, uh, uh, completely above board. So, yeah, that, 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 that to me is concerning. And so you have that's the problem. You have, you have two sides of this. And, um, of course, as is always the case with politics, you, you can't fully trust either side. And I'm always going to be inclined to distrust pretty much everything Democrats say because they pretty much lie about everything. So they've kind of brought that on themselves. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the newfound uh, fascination and, and fury and, and even hysteria over cybersecurity. Uh, Matt, I'm one of the people that got a letter in the mail that just was like, hey, just NBD, brah, but the Chinese totes have all of your biographical information, including social security number, everywhere you've lived, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll pay for like some free credit monitoring for a couple of months. See ya. Uh, that happened f- to millions of people who work for the government, and the Obama administration was like, yeah, you know, stuff happens. Then we get this hack uh, of Podesta's emails, which embarrassed some senior Democrats. And I, I, and I really don't believe that it actually turned the election. I mean, there's a lot. That's a, you know, I guess that you can never prove it one way or the other. But nonetheless, the newfound fascination and, and as I said, hysteria over hacking just seems a little too convenient from a lot of journalists and from a lot of Democrats. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing everyone talks about that we, we've switched sides on on uh, not just that particularly this issue and a lot of issues, but when it comes to, you know, cybersecurity, WikiLeaks, uh, uh, hacking, you know, we, we have all of a sudden, both sides have just all of a sudden switched. And it's a little bit hard for, for those of us who are not politicians or who, who really try to, to have firm principles and to get to the truth. It's, it's really confusing. It's, it's very, it's, it's very dizzying to see how the two sides have all of a sudden switched, uh, particularly with WikiLeaks. And it's like, I, I can, I can. It, it seems to me it was only, I don't know, a year ago or, or so that the Democrats loved WikiLeaks, they, they, and, and it was Republicans attacking WikiLeaks and saying that they're traitors and so on and so forth. And it's been a complete and total switch, uh, and it's very, very confusing. Or I guess it's not really that confusing. People just don't have uh, principles, and they do what's politically advantageous. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about. Something that this this fascinates me. You know, one of the things that you often hear is uh, is that the way switching gears here to sort of jihad and and all the stuff that's going on in, in the Middle East and the attacks against the West. And I, I did think that the nightclub massacre uh, that occurred in Istanbul, which primarily targeted non-Turkish 
foreign nationals, Westerners who are at the nightclub, didn't get very much coverage at all on New Year's Eve. I, I think people forgot about that way too quickly. Uh, but we're always told that there, we're in an information war, an ideological war, and we need to find ways to confront the narrative. The, the BBC has come out with this Real Housewives of ISIS, and my girlfriend tells me the Real Housewives of anything is usually a good show, but the Real Housewives of ISIS is obviously a parody. I just want to play the, the trailer, and then we'll get Matt's uh, reaction to this. Here's the Real Housewives of ISIS, courtesy of the BBC. Sarah, do we have that trailer? Yeah, sorry, we're, we're going to get the trailer for you. There it is. Do we have it? Coming up this season on The Real Housewives of Isis. It's only three days till the beheading, and I've got no idea what I'm going to wear. Abdul seduced me online. He had me at free healthcare. So this is my sixth marriage. Uh, I've been widowed five times. Six times. I'm so glad I've moved over here. It's everything those guys on the chat rooms told me it would be. And it's full of so many wonderful surprises. You don't have to do this in Birmingham. So, Matt, making fun of, you know, what to wear to attend the beheading. I mean, parody is oftentimes a very effective political tool. There is outrage in the UK, and I'm sure if we were to ask, you know, CARE and other groups here about this. So now we can't even make fun of ISIS. That's considered insensitive. Yeah, my, my understanding about that video is that the women, not that it really matters because anyone can make fun of ISIS, but the women in the video uh, are Muslim themselves. So that's my understanding anyway. And if that's the case, well, first of all, you know, it really takes, it, it does take uh, a lot of courage for, I, I think, to, to do that, in the first, especially as a, as a Muslim. Uh, yeah, it's not like they're in Syria or something like that. But if you're in Europe, I mean, ISIS is all over Europe. And uh, to mock them like that so publicly, make yourself a target. That takes that takes that does take guts. Um, so we should give them some credit for that. And, and I and I think that you know every time, anytime we talk about ISIS, uh, leftists will insist that there are you know there are plenty of Muslims out there denouncing extremism. And uh, the conservative point is well there aren't enough. And then some come out and they denounce extremism, and the leftists are mad about that too. So I, so it's it's kind of like a lose lose situation for for these muslims who are not extremists i guess because they're gonna get criticized either way uh of, of course it's of course it's completely ridiculous and it goes without saying goes without saying that if that video was uh, the same kind of thing but making fun of quote-unquote christian fundamentalists then you know nobody on the left would have a problem with that that's just that's a double standard that we all don't even need to point it out anymore because it's so obvious yeah, but the the effort to make uh, make a mockery of, of ISIS, I do think it's it's important, and and you can see on the other side of of the equation, uh, and, and I know you do too, Matt. But it's it's frustrating to me that this is uh, automatically people say, oh well, this is going to just make create a rise in Islamophobia. It's like no, they're very specifically making fun of ISIS, right? It's not the Real Housewives of Islam, and yet there still is this outrage over it. I couldn't help but noticing that uh, there's a, a piece in uh, AFP uh, that one of Charlie Hebdo, Charlie Hebdo, everybody recalls um, back in, in uh, a year ago, or was it now two years ago, uh, was shot up by jihadists uh, in Paris and a number of people killed because of its satirical drawings. <laughs> a journalist is leaving there saying, you know what, they won't touch Islam anymore. So, you know, the scare campaign works, actually. Yeah, and I do, and I agree with you that mockery, uh, it's who's who I forget who the quote is from. It was, the, it, was it was in uh, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters at the beginning of his book. But you know, the, the devil can't stand to be mocked. 
and uh, which of course means that we should mock the devil and ISIS. They they are demonic. They're evil, and I think I think mockery of evil things is um, yeah. These days because we're so sensitive, we uh, people I don't know they 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 feel uncomfortable with it, but. It is ISIS on top of being brutal and uh, and wicked and terrible. It's also absurd. What they stand for and what they believe is is truly absurd. And so to have people pointing out, particularly Muslims pointing that out, is really is really powerful. And we we should definitely encourage it, not not get our um, our underwear in a bunch about it. Matt Walsh is the author of the Matt Walsh blog. He also does the Matt Walsh podcast, which you can get uh, under his name at theblaze.com slash Matt-Walsh. Real quick, Matt, before we let you go, what do you got planned for the weekend? Anything exciting? You and the fam doing anything cool? Well, you know what? I wish I could say we were, but we've uh, – I don't know what's going on where, where, where you live, but we've had these uh, – we've had stomach viruses and really bad colds, like devastating this entire state, and it's finally hit our family, so we're – we're kind of hunkering down and waiting for all the, the sickness to just pass over us. I got you. Well, enjoy some Netflix and, and feel better to the Walsh clan. Uh, great, to, great to have you on, Matt. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Phone lines are open, team. 888-900-3393. Freestyle Friday continues. I'll be right back. Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Buck Sexton Show. Uh, hat tip to Matt Walsh for bringing some my attention, but indeed, there's been a little back and forth between uh, Donald Trump and Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, over The Apprentice. Uh, Schwarzenegger, you know, I, uh, I I can't really do. I have to really think of the Schwarzenegger impression. It's been a while. I always start doing the Conan where it's like, I'm Arnold, I have to do this with my hands, and I raise the heavy things. And, you know, he just sort of yells and does all that. But uh, Schwarzenegger said that, uh, well, no, sorry, Trump said, I just, when I say said, I mean tweeted. <laughs> it's amazing. I think Donald Trump is single-handedly keeping Twitter alive at this point. I think Twitter is in some trouble otherwise. But the Trump tweet has become uh, a, a real sort of cultural icon. But uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, or sorry, Trump writes, wow, the ratings are in, and Arnold Schwarzenegger got swamped or destroyed by comparison to the ratings machine DJT, Donald J. Trump. So much for being a movie star. And that was season one compared to season 14. Now compare him to my season one, but who cares? He supported Kasich and Hillary. Uh, Schwarzenegger replied, uh, there's nothing more important than the people's work, real Donald Trump. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you'll work for all of the American people as aggressively as you work for your ratings. Oh, taking the high road. Schwarzenegger takes the high road. Um, so, yeah, okay, there you have it. Trump and Trump and Schwarzenegger lo- locking horns on Twitter for a second here. I got to say that the, the Schwarzenegger thing, I still... There's a part of me that just still can't really totally grasp uh, some of the personal decisions that he made, but I guess not really, not really uh, 
something we have to spend much time thinking about. So there's Trump, there's Schwarzenegger throwing down. I, I guess Schwarzenegger will not have a post in the Trump administration. Um, not that anyone thought that he would. Um, he was a very ineffective governor of California, by the way, um, which was interesting because he was the guy that replaced what was a Gray Davis who was re- recalled. Uh, or, or uh, yeah, he was recalled. Um, I think it was Governor Gray Davis. So that's that's the thing that's going on there with Trump and with Schwarzenegger. And uh, we're going to talk to coming up here in a few minutes, a whole bunch of fantastic guests. I'm giving you a little preview of the preview of that right now. We've got. Morgan Murphy joining us, who's the author of the book Southern Living Bourbon and Bacon, The Ultimate Guide to the South's Favorite Foods. That's right. We have a guest on who is an expert in bourbon and in bacon. So that's coming up next. I think you're going to definitely want to hear some of that. Uh, I wish I could help you taste some of that, but you're going to have to do the shopping on your own. Then we got Brooke Rogers joining from Heat Street, just with the latest that she's fired up about. And then at 2 o'clock, we have Mark Pendergrast, who is the author of a book on the history of Coca-Cola, which uh, this is a producer, Amy, set this one up. That'll be interesting. And then at 2.30 Eastern Time, we have Creek Stewart, who is a survival expert, talking about ways you can survive difficult situations, a zombie apocalypse, the Hunger Games, getting lost in the wilderness, being in a storm or hurricane. So basically, we have a fantastic and varied and fun show planned. So you do not want to go anywhere, team. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking bourbon and bacon. Oh, yeah. Bourbon and Shields. Hi. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 